coming to you live from out of Atlanta, Georgia. We want to welcome you back to the Promise of Our Father podcast. We want to thank God for all the blessings He's been bestowing upon the ministry and the teaching that He's been allowing us for do, uh, allowing for us to do here at the Spiritual Cuts Ministry. I want to send a shout out to all my Spiritual Cuts leaders all throughout the country, all throughout the world, that's doing the work of the ministry and edifying the body of Christ, teaching with boldness and, and not afraid to speak the words of eternal life. Someone has to be in the earthly realm on behalf of God and teach the words of eternal life. I know all our lives we've been taught that we all have to die and tomorrow's not promised. And that sounds like a decent conversation to have to the one who's unlearned. But once you come into the knowledge of the glory of the Spirit of Christ and the knowledge of the glory and the Spirit of God, because we're supposed to be worshiping God in spirit and truth. Once you come into the knowledge of the glory of the Spirit of God in Christ, you begin to start teaching on the things pertaining to life and godliness. And without further ado, we're going to continue where we left off because we're trying to complete this message upon the title, Do You Want to Go To? Upon titled, huh? Do You Not Know? Huh? Upon titled, so shall we be baptized. So the title of these messages has brought us into a place where you should remain until you come back again. See, we're going to do the finalization on all these titles. So this first episode, Do You Not Know? That you are the temple of God. Do you not know that the temple of God dwells in you? Do you not know that your body is the temple of God and the spirit of God dwells in you? Do you not know that you've been bought with a price because you are the temple now? Huh? So you don't belong to yourself and you are not your own because we now are in the position and in the place where we're giving God back what he gave us. And we're saying, Father, we present our bodies as a living sacrifice. Sacrifice, holy and acceptable, which is our reasonable service. The bodies, the holiness, the, the bodies that you gave us to put on in true holiness, in true righteousness. I want to say this in the offset that the holiness of God is not the same as being spiritual. There's a lot of spiritual church people out there, but there's not a lot of holiness people out there because holiness speaks the words of eternal life. But when you are spiritual, you walk around the words of eternal life and say you're going to receive eternal life after you die because that's what you've been taught because you have not so learned Christ. See, you've been taught the spirit of Jesus and the Lord Jesus, but you have not been taught that the Lord Jesus had to learn the Lord Christ because Christ comes to teach his son, his brother Jesus, through the spirit of the prophecy of his father, the testimony of God, which he has given us, uh-oh, eternal life. My brother, without further ado, I'll be going all over the place, but I'm trying to keep you in one location. So you can be in a lot of places, but in one location, and you can learn the words of eternal life through this ministry. So I want to thank all my spiritual cuts leaders and all the all those who've been sharing the message and giving us feedback on the positive note of how this word has been changing and bringing them into a place where they had never been before. Even in the book of Luke chapter 24, Christ says, I gave you this teaching so that you may comprehend and understand the scriptures. So all I'm trying to do is get us to understand and comprehend the scriptures from the teaching of Christ. Because you do know that Christ is our teacher in Matthew 23, 8. And you do know that we all are taught and learned by God in John 6, 49. So without further ado, through this teaching of the last episode, so uh, remain until I come again. Hey, glory. Remain until I come again. This is episode eight from out of series three. Episode eight from out of series three. So we're going to pick up kind of where we left off because I want you to understand because I want to give you the basic of the scriptures in verse in First Corinthians 6. 19. And as I said in the last episode, in the last podcast, I want you to realize that we started out, do you not know? In 1 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 16, 
that you are the temple of God and that the Spirit of God dwells in you. So there's a concept that we have to comprehend so when we can be in a place where God wants the gift, where God gets the glory. So therefore, if you are the temple of God, you got to stop walking around like you don't know that you are. You got to stop walking around saying that we all have to die. In the temple, there's no death. In the house of God, the body that is made without hands, there is no death because it's been image. It's been birthed out of the image and the knowledge of the spirit of God and God has no pleasure in the death in the one who dies say get yourself a new heart get yourself a new spirit so he says turn and live from out of Ezekiel 18 verse 31 and 32 and as I always say 18 inches from your heart is where God resides so we're going to get to the place where we realize where God is abiding in us we have to start speaking what God wants us to have and stop speaking with man and saying that we have which is not of God. And yet we serve man. The scriptures even tell us in, tells us in, in, in John chapter 12, verse 43, the people praise men more than they praise God. Well, the devil is alive. Here at Spiritual Cuts Ministry, we're going to praise God. I, can I get somebody out there to join forces with me and praise him? And praise him. With your lip, praise him with the fruit of your mouth. Praise him. Huh? Because my father, our God, your Lord, and my daddy has given us eternal life. So it's a reason for us to be praising and we should worship him in what he gave us out of the spirit of himself as the glory of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Without further ado, let us read from out of 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 19. And it reads, Do you not know that your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit who is in you? whom you have from God, and you are not your own. So that brings us into another dimension and another place in God. Because so many people that's running back and forth to the buildings, to the churches, to the cathedrals, to wherever you worship God at, and you're running back and forth. And there's nothing wrong with that, my brothers and sisters. I'm not against churches. I'm not against the building. I'm against what's taking place in the building, in the churches that they're doing. The things that they're doing is not of God. The things that they're doing is of the church traditions of men. In Mark chapter 7, 1 through 7 tells you that they are up there still worshiping pops and pains and all these things, the tradition and the commandments of men. And God says, I am sick and tired of being sick and tired of my people worshiping me in forks and knives and going worship me in all these different entities in the church and the building, but they won't edify my body, my son Christ, the body that I prepare, my Son Jesus, who, who is the Lamb of God, they won't edify me as God. Now, without further ado, I just told you I am so excited about the words of eternal life. So, don't you do you not know, Jay, that you are the temple of the Holy Spirit? So that brings us into another dimension and where God is taking us. First in 1 Corinthians 3.16, huh, it says that, do you not know that you are the temple of God and that the Spirit of God dwells in you? Not saying that, that your body, it took you from out of the temple to the body because the body is the temple and the temple of God is the Lamb. And the Lamb of God is the body of God as Christ in the full of the Godhead. Hey, glory. The promise of our our sin. The promise of our the promise of our Father of on you. And my brothers, and you shall be endowed with power from on high. Do you not know that your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit who's in you, whom you have? I thank God from God. I realize over the years, 30 to 40 something years of ministry, that I am the temple, that my body is the body of the Holy Spirit. 
as the temple. Mm. I thank God for the house of God that is made without him. Glory be to God. So my brothers and sisters, I want us to realize that the Father is doing a new thing in the earthly realm, in the body. So let's pick up where we left off. Now, if we don't talk that the teaching that they're teaching out there is an error, we're going to have to correct the error with the truth. And this is a hard concept, my brothers and sisters, because the fact of the matter, most people don't want to listen to you if you are not their pastor, you are not their preacher, you are not their teacher, bishop, or apostle, or whatever you may call yourself to be. If you are not affiliated with their denomination, or you are not affiliated with their organization, or the, or, or, or the denomination that they're affiliated with, you know, this is the, 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 this is the, this is the, the division of the church. Because most people don't want, it's no different than what they was doing with the Pharisees and the Sadducees and the scribes. And Christ came to give them what they needed, but they rejected what they were supposed to have. Because it wasn't from their apostle, or it wasn't from their pastor, or it wasn't from their preacher, or it wasn't from the high priest that was a part of the church of the Pharisees, or it wasn't from the high priest. A part of the church, huh? A part of the church. A part of the church that people don't realize that 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 because they're not a part of the church that they're affiliated with, they have to understand there's not what God wants them to have. They'll never get into the place where God wants them to get what He's trying to give them because they're stuck on a denomination. Or church building. God wants us to be who he called us to be so that we can be who God made us out of in his image and after his likeness. We came from out of 1 John chapter 4 verse 6. There's the teaching of the truth and there's the teaching of error. What if all your lifetime you have been taught the truth about God and Christ and found out it was an error? Would you be willing to change for the promises of our Father, for the promises of God? Are you willing to accept the fact we all have to die and tomorrow is not promised and we all not going to uh, be here forever? Or would you be still willing to hold on to that after finding out the truth? Well, if you're listening to this demonic presentation, the truth is being revealed. That that's what we've been taught. I taught it, and I don't mind saying that I taught it because I'm bold enough and bad enough and humble enough to put myself in the position to say that, you know something, I did a lot of wrong teaching because I got it from the one who taught me who was unlearned from the person they was taught by. See, until we are taught by Christ, until we are taught by God, and God taught Christ to teach us, until we Christ becomes our teacher. See, Christ is the teacher of the law, the, 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 the law of God, international church. And Christ is the teacher of the spiritual cuts ministry. And Christ is the teacher of the ministry of reconciliation. And Christ is the teacher of the promise of our father podcast. So therefore, and furthermore, we have to begin to start understanding whatever you're hearing from all of these messages is from what God's been teaching Christ to teach us. And I told you before, we came from out of Matthews, huh? We came from out of John chapter 12, verse 48 and 50. And I want you to realize that when we came up to John chapter 12, verse 48 and 50, we realized that Christ was teaching. He says in verse 48, John chapter 12, he who rejects me, she who rejects me and does not receive my words has that which judges him or her. The word that I have Spoken will judge him or her in the last day. And Christ says, For I have not spoken on my own authority, but my Father who sent me gave me a command on what I should teach, on what I should say, on what I should speak. Huh? So he says, And I know what he commanded me to speak, say, and teach is eternal life. 
So we got to start understanding that Christ came to give us what God gave him so that we can start walking in the authority and the power that God has given us. He came down in 42 generations to teach on eternal life. Huh? He in himself as God could not perform what would if God in himself could not perform what he was promising, why would they even talk about it or even teach it? Huh? As I said before in 1 John 2.25, God promised us eternal life. He says, I'm teaching you these things that you may not be deceived. Huh? Now, that exactly means what he promised. Whatever God promised, that's what he means. Don't let no one take your reward. God's testimony is even his promise. I promise in my testimony that I have given you eternal life through my eternal, uh, eternal son. Found in 1 John chapter 5, verse 11 through 13. God's word is not the problem. We as spiritual church leaders have a problem believing God's word that he commanded his son Christ to teach eternal life. We need to pump our brakes and pause parenthetically and start believing what the promise of our father is and stop believing what man says God promises is. Because if people say that more is not promised, it can't be of God. And I want you to know that because I want you to know that God is bigger than that, my brothers and sisters. God got something so powerful for us. He wants us to realize that the resurrection of his son is the promise of our father, the father, the body that came through the doors that was shut on the sixth day, on the first day of the week. And on the sixth day, God created that same body in Genesis chapter 1, verse 26 and 27 from out of Genesis 1, 1. He made the celestial and the terrestrial. He gave us these promises in the body. So my brothers and sisters, to understand the resurrection life is not the same as eternal life. And he's told us that in the scriptures. So that's where I'm going to start and begin because I want you to realize that all this paraphrasing and all these things that I'm doing is for us to learn what God promised us to have. Because God wants you to have what he promised because God is not slack in his promises as men are. Whatever he promised, he's able to perform it. God called those things as not as though they are. We have a problem in calling something we can't see, comprehend with our mind and spirit. We can't understand it, so we don't believe it. But God said, I call those things as not as they are, as, they, as though they were. And then Abraham started repeating what God called it. Out of Romans 4, 17, he began to repeat and he began to produce the promise. Until we learn to call the thing that we can't comprehend and see with our own eyes as God sees it, we could never get what God promised. Because the thing that you call that you can't see actually operates the same way the thing that you see that you call. When you call death into existence and say tomorrow is not promised and we all have to die, you just called something that is going to exist that you actually see. But God says, I'm better than what you see because I can call it in what you don't see and make it happen as what you will see. So we find in John chapter 11, verse 25 and 26, Christ teaches us the difference in the power of the resurrection and the power of eternal life. Because he was explaining to those who was trying to mix up his words and, 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 and mess up what he was trying to teach the people. So we find where God was trying to get them to understand that they can remain until he come. So Christ had to explain what he meant by that. We find in John chapter 11, Christ teaches us the difference in the resurrection life and remaining in the earth, staying alive until he come back for his body or for his church. But in John 21, 21, doing Christ's teaching of the disciples tried to cross and mix up his words when he was teaching in the earth, when he was teaching his disciples about John remained them. They were saying that he said that he did the teaching remaining in the earth. And they were trying to make it, mix it up with dying. So let's take a look and glimpse at it so we can get back to where we need to be at to move forward. 
And during his teaching, they, 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 they tried to cross and mix up the teaching, huh? That John was remaining in the earth and not dying, and will receive eternal life. So he made this powerful, and he's made this powerful statement, and he's made this powerful correction, the necessary correction that was needed for our understanding and comprehending the scriptures when he was teaching on eternal life. And he said to them, and he said to the disciples, and he said to Peter, I didn't say that he would not die. I said to you, jokers, what if I, I what if it is, what is it to you? If he remain in the earth and live forever and not die and have eternal life, like God promised us in 1 John 2, 25 and 26, in 1 John chapter 5, verse 11 through 13, what if, what if you have been chosen to live forever and you've been actually operating from out of the, the traditions of the commandments of men. What if God gave you that commandment? What if he chose you and you missed out on your reward? You missed out on your gift because the gift of God is eternal life. What if you have been chosen to live forever and you are denying the fact that you can? Or you are, or the erroneous teaching that you've been receiving, the incorrect teaching that you've been receiving that came from your spiritual church leaders as an error. Huh? What have you been promised to get that which you promised by God and you've been letting it slip out of your hand because you believe in what man says versus God? Man mixed it up and called it God and God mixed it up and said, this is me. I'm not mixed up. I'm not the author of confusion, but the spirit of God that gives the power of eternal life to my people who believe. Do you believe thou this? Because God wants us to realize that he's the king of all kings and he's the lord of all lords. He's the glory of the lords of kings. My brothers and sisters, this is so powerful and so heavy. God wants us to realize that where we at in him we must stay where he's at and where he's taking us to be. Because so many times people don't understand the spirit of error versus the spirit of truth. What if you, all your lifetime you've been taught and you found out you have been taught wrong? Not all of it, but when it comes down to living forever, and not dying in this body. When was the last time you've been taught on the body that was made without hands, that he created on the sixth day? What if you was taught, when the last time you was taught that you can live forever and not die in this body? What if you, when the last time you was taught that you can remain until he come? What if he chose you? If the scriptures are explained correctly, there's a lot of things people can actually receive. So now let me get down with it. There's the teaching of the spirit of truth and there's the teaching of the spirit of error. What if all your lifetime you have been taught the truth and found out what you thought was the truth was an error? Would you be willing, like I asked the last time, to go back? Would you be willing to change your mindset, renew the spirit of your mind, put on the new man, put on the new woman that's created after God, and put off the old conversation, the old body? Even Jesus had to take off the old body and the old conversation that he had when he was in the flesh. But he's no longer in the flesh. We no longer know him after the flesh. But now that he's the Christ, he has become the spirit of God in the flesh of the body that was made without hands. Because all flesh ain't the same flesh. The body that came through the doors that was shut on the first day of the week in John chapter 20, huh, verse 19 and 20, I want you to understand, was not the same flesh that he went down in, in the body as the lamb. 
Because the body as the lamb has to change back into the body of the flesh of God as it was with Melchizedek. See, you got to understand that God walked in the flesh in the earth and spoke with Abraham in a body where Abraham changed in the body when he ate from the bread and the wine, my brothers and sisters. See, the bread and the wine is the true tides because the bread and the wine is the blood and the body of God in the body of Melchizedek that he fed Abraham to produce the body of the promise in his dead body. Oh, brothers, we got to get out of that. So now, if Christ was teaching in John 11, 25 and 26, the differences in the resurrection and remaining in the earth and staying alive until he come back for his church or his for his church or his body. We have to see why Christ rebuked the fact in John 21, 21, John chapter 21, verse 21, why he explained to his disciples why he didn't say to John he would not die, but he will remain. Huh? Because the scriptures tells us through Christ's teaching in Luke 9, 24, what actually took place. And did Christ say to them all, if anyone desires to come after me, let him or her deny himself or herself and take up her or his or her cross daily and follow me. This is powerful because, because carrying your cross daily is, is the reminder for you and I to remember the death, the burial, and the resurrection. It reminds us that we who have been baptized into Christ Jesus were also baptized into Christ Jesus' death. So now we see why Christ in John 21, 21 said to his disciples, I didn't say that John would not die, but I said that what if it, what is it to you, Joker? If I will that John remain, Pastor D, that John will remain, Pastor So-and-so, that John will remain, you whoever you may be, her, whoever she may be, whatever, what is it to you? If I will that John remain. Most of the time, if I wanted your children, children to remain, I meant, what is it to you? If you didn't want it and I wanted your children, what is it to you if I want other people? Because there is therefore now some people are not gonna wanna not gonna wanna remain in this earth because they don't comprehend the spirit. They rather go home and be with the Lord. And they don't know they're going home to be with the Lord Jesus. That's not the full totality of the reward that God promised us. He didn't say, this is the promise that I promised you that you would die and give and be in Jesus. That's not the reward he promised me and you. He promised me and you that I will come back and receive you unto myself. You will be my people and I will be your God. I gave you a new heart. I gave you a new flesh. I gave you a new mind. I gave you a new spirit that was created after me in true holiness and in true eternal life. Why wouldn't you receive it? My brothers and sisters, what is it to you? My brothers and sisters, if we at the Spiritual Culture Ministry decided that we don't want to die. We desire to live forever for the Father. And I'm going to show you where God, it is God's job to remain, to, to sustain us until that day come. Amen. In Luke 9, 23, in Luke chapter 9, verse 23, when Christ was teaching here, he was identifying, identifying us with us the death, the burial, and the resurrections. This is why he said, take up your cross daily and follow him. Because you can't carry a cross if the cross is supposed to be carrying, if the cross, 
you supposed to be carrying is outside of your grave on the tomb. Let me say that again. When Christ was teaching, he was identifying with us, with the death, the burial, and the resurrection. That's why he said, take up your cross. And you take up his cross daily and follow him. Because you can't carry a cross if the cross you're supposed to be carrying is outside of your grave on your tomb. Let me say that again. I don't think we even realize that if you are in a cemetery and you got a cross or tomb on your grave, you can't even carry what you can't see because your mouth is glued together. Your tongue is glued together to your mouth and your mouth is glued. Your eyes is glued. You don't have any breath left in you because you now have received something that you're going to get in the resurrection. How are you going to carry your cross if the cross you're supposed to be carrying is laying on top of you? Okay, glory. You are six feet under. My brothers and sisters, let me get out of that because I'm going to lose all my friends. So therefore, I want you to realize because you can't carry a cross if the cross you're supposed to be carrying is outside of your grave on the tomb. That means the cross is carrying you and you are not carrying it daily. So don't let no one cheat you. So don't let no one deceive you out of carrying your cross daily. Because if I pass the cemetery and your name is under the cross, that tells me that the cross has taken up daily and the cross is carrying you. Come on. And the reason Christians and believers are so eagerly designed for the cross to carry them is because they think they are going to receive eternal life and go to heaven. And they think they are saving their lives. But the scriptures tells us otherwise. Let's revisit Luke 9, 24. For whosoever desires to save his or her life will lose it. See? But whosoever loses his or her life and take up his, take up his or her cross daily and follow Christ and understand and comprehend the death, the barrier, and the resurrection in Romans 6, 1 through 4 and realize that they are baptized into Christ Jesus' death and got up with Christ in the newness of the eternal glory of the life of Christ. For Christ's name's sake, he or she shall save it. Do you not know? that you can remain until he come again. Do you not know you have your own cross today? If you are proclaiming and declaring that you are the temple of God and you have your cross daily with you because you understand why you have a cross. But mama them, daddy them, brother them have their cross on top of them carrying them. And my brothers and sisters, things like this do happen. I'm not against that because all everyone ain't going to live forever and there will be others who will die. That was those in the wilderness that died because of ignorance and disobedience because they didn't believe God at his promise. So now I'm trying to get you to believe God and with mama them, daddy them, and brother them don't believe or didn't believe or more so. It wasn't that I don't think so much that they wasn't believers. I think that it wasn't explained for them to believe in as we're doing now. My brothers used to always say that which is understood don't need to be explained. So now we are, um, we are unraveling what was not understood because it was not explained. So now we are explaining what is going to be understood because God says, I gave my scriptures so that you can comprehend and understand what my teaching and the promise of my father is and what he sent me to do, to teach in John 12, 50. He says to teach and to say and to speak the things of eternal life as he was commanded. Do you not know? 
If we have been baptized into Christ Jesus' death, and we are walking in the newness of eternal life, we need to find out when this happened. In Hebrews 2, 9, it says, But we see Jesus, who was made a little lower than the angels, for the suffering of death, crowned with glory, crowned with honor, crowned with the grace of God, might, that he might taste death for everyone. So the scriptures is telling us that Christ, Jesus, takes death for everyone. See, Jesus come for the sin. But Christ took the sting from out of the sin that caused Jesus to die in death. So in Hebrews, as you drop down some, in Hebrews chapter 2, verse 14, inasmuch then as the children have partaken of the flesh and the blood, he himself, who Christ Jesus, likewise in the same that through death he might destroy him who that he might destroy him who who had the power of death that is the devil the enemy the last enemy to be destroyed is death but Christ has given us power over death in Luke 10 verse 18 and 19 I have given you all the power over the enemy. And the scripture says in 1 Corinthians huh, 15, 26, he says, and the last enemy to be destroyed is death. So we have power over death. But if you don't understand the death, the burial, the resurrection, and the power of the renewedness and the newness of life that we are walking in through the baptism of Christ in Jesus, you will walk all day thinking you have something and don't even know how you perceive it and don't even know how you got it and don't even know how you possess it and don't even know why you have what you have that God promised you. So my brothers and sisters, look what 14, verse 14 says. This is heavy to me. It says, In as much then as the children have partaken of flesh and blood, he himself, Christ Jesus, likewise shall in the same that through death he might destroy him, destroy him who had the power of death, that is the devil. Verse 15 is the one that gets me. So in 2 Corinthians, huh? Excuse me, I say 2 Corinthians, excuse me. In Hebrews chapter 2, verse 14. In Hebrews verse 2, verse 15. And Christ has released us, cut out who through the fear of death were all our lifetimes subject to bondage. I remember when I was ignorant to the words of eternal life. Uh, you, 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 you know, I was afraid of death. And there's church folks now afraid to speak to death. But y'all, I, I want to I I give you some good news. Death is more afraid of you than you are afraid of death. Death is afraid. You don't believe me? Go back to the book of Exodus in chapter 12. Watch when they put blood over the doorposts. So when they saw the blood, when the deaf angels saw the blood over the doorpost of an animal, that joker flee. How much more the blood of God, the blood of Christ, glory, the blood of Jesus, glory, can reveal, then death is afraid of that. How much more? But if you don't know these things, it doesn't even matter to what you think you know and don't know. Because the fact of the matter is, is that God is speaking to his people and saying in Hebrews chapter 2, verse 14, he that, 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 that the one that, that, and that much as he is, the children partaking of the flesh and blood, he himself, Hebrews chapter 2, verse 14, I said Corinthians again, Hebrews chapter 2, verse 14 and 15. Likewise, shall in the same through him, through death, that he might destroy him that had the power of death, the devil, the enemy. The last enemy to be destroyed is death. The power that he given over the enemy is what we have inside of us. Out of Luke chapter 10, verse 18 and 19. But Christ has released us. Boy, this is releasing to me. This is glorifying God. Christ has released us. Through the fear of death. If you've been afraid of death, 
this day forward, you should not have any fear of death. I don't want to hear that junk about, yeah, you know, I ain't afraid of death. I ain't afraid of dying. You should be speaking, I shall not die and live and declare the works of the Lord. You've been released from the thing we've been afraid of because they've been teaching us that death has power over the eternal glory of God. So this is taking away the error of teaching. And we are now spitting out, and we are now speaking, we are now teaching, we are now saying, we are now commanded to teach the words of eternal life, which takes away and releases us from the spirit of death. And we are no longer subject to bondage all our lifetimes. What if we start teaching our children's children? Now, this is awesome teaching. Did you know that you've been released from the fear of death? Apparently, the majority of the spiritual church leaders, bishops and pastors and apostles and prophets, preachers, and even me myself at one time, did not know this. Because if they did, and if I did when I was teaching those type of teaching that we all have to die, and tomorrow's not promised, I would say it freely from out of my mouth, thinking them was the words of the words of God, and how how ignorant I was as an individual or a pastor or preacher or teacher. Because if I did, they would be teaching it. If I did understood it, I would, would have been teaching it to my members. How they been released from the fear and the bondage of death and how Christians given, given us the power and how, excuse me, and how Christ has given us the power over all the enemy. And the last enemy to be destroyed is death. And how Christ, at his appearance, abolished death and brought immortality and eternal life into existence. Hmm? That's in 2 Timothy. Chapter 1, verse 10. And if they knew that we'd been released from death, and why we've been released, and how we've been released, we've been released from death, they would be teaching it. Not just run across the scripture and say, oh yeah, you and get out of it. No, you got to explain this here, what we are explaining right now, my brothers and sisters. The scripture teaches us it's appointed for men to die. The scripture teaches us it's appointed for women to die once and then the judgment. In Hebrews 9, 27 and 28, and spiritual church leaders use this verse of scriptures to solidify why they teach their members, tomorrow is not promised, and we're all not going to be here forever, and we all have to die. <coughs> Excuse me. This is their favorite saying. This is their favorite teaching. And how true this saying is, but how incorrect it is, it, how incorrectly it has been taught for the past. So the scripture of voice, this verse of scripture is actually true. But if it's not explained in this entirety, it makes it in an error. So they use this to say we all have to die. So they tie this in two, tomorrow's not promised. So they use this, gee, God, they use this to say that tomorrow's not promised and we all have to die and we all not going to be here forever because the scripture says in Hebrews 9.27, look what it says. It says, it is proponent for a man or a woman to die once. Say hey, how true that is. Glory. See, that refers back to when Christ was teaching to his disciples in John chapter 21, says that I did not say that he would not have to die. Because it's appointed for man once to die because of the death, the burial, and the resurrection after you was buried in him. Oh, my brothers, I think I'm going to have to do another message. Boy, I got to get out of this here. For he said, we all have to die. And how true this saying is, but how incorrect, incorrect, incorrectly it has been taught for the past 2,000 plus years. 
As a spiritual church leader, I would be just as wrong as the rest of the spiritual church leaders who are out there teaching this erroneous teaching or incorrect teaching if I would deny and say we all don't have to die. But it is appointed for men. But it is appointed for women to die. But the part I understand and comprehend as a spiritual church leader who have been taught by God under Christ's teaching is that the death that Christ died, he dies no more. In Romans, where I've been trying to get to, verse 6, verse 8 and 9. Now, if we died with Christ, we believe that we should also live with Christ. Knowing that Christ, having been raised from the dead, dies no more. This is 2 Corinthians. I say this is Romans. But this is 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 14 and 15. Going all the way up to 17. So if we died with Christ. No, that's right. I take that back. In Romans chapter 6. If we died with Christ, we believe that we should also live with Christ. Yo, let me say that again. Romans chapter 6, verse 8 and 9. We'll get to Corinthians chapter 14, 5 verse 14 in a minute. I was ahead of myself. So if we died with Christ, in Romans 6 verse 8, we, we believe that we shall also live with him, knowing that Christ, having been raised from the dead, dies no more. Come on. And death no longer has dominion over him. In Romans 6.10, it says, for the death that he died, Christ died to sin once for all. For everyone. But the life he lives, he lives to God. Likewise, you also reckon or recognize yourselves to be dead indeed to sin, but alive to God in Christ Jesus. Oh, my God. Look what the scripture says. You and I should be alive together with God in Christ through the spirit of him and the promise of our fire glory. If he died once, it is appointed for man to die. I say, if I said that you would not die, I would be just as worse off as those saying that tomorrow is not promised. So it is appointed for us to die once. But the death we die, we die no more because we died through the baptism and the burial and the death of Christ. Hey, the death in the body of Jesus. You got to understand this is the importance of the message to be dead into sin, but alive to God in Christ Jesus, our Lord. Come on. This brings me to my finalization of the conclusion of the Semonic presentation in 2 Corinthians. We finally got there, 514. For the love of Christ compels us because we judge this. So if it is appointed to men and a woman to die once that then the judgment in Hebrews 9 27 here in 2 Corinthians 5 14 the love of Christ we have in us forces us to, to a course of action and a mandate that we judge this that if Christ died for all then we all die now, this means that we don't have to physically die. And if we physically die, then we would be a part of the resurrection life and not a part of the eternal life. Why? Because we try to save our lives and we judge wrong. So I strongly advise you, if you are listening to this sermonic presentation, to be compelled to the Spirit and the teaching of Christ's word about, why, about what he is teaching to you and to I being baptized into Christ Jesus' death. Learn why Christ says in Matthew 28, 19, 
that we should be baptized in the name of the Father, in the name of the Son, in the name of the Holy Spirit. Because the will teaches you things pertaining to death because this teaching would teach you things pertaining to the death, the burial, and the resurrection. In 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 14 and 17, because of Christ died for all, this teaches us that we all die. And verse 15 says, and Christ died for all, that those who are alive and remain should live no longer for themselves, but for Christ who died for us and rose again. And therefore, from now on, we regard no one according to the flesh, even though we have known Christ in the flesh, according to the flesh. Yet not now, yet now we know him who Christ no longer. Therefore, that's the verse. Therefore, if any man, therefore, if any woman is in Christ, he or she is a new creation. And old things have passed away. Why? Because he has taste and took the sting out of death for us. And old things have passed away. And behold, all things become new. So now we are in a new creation. Hey, the body that is made without hands. Therefore, if any man or therefore if any woman is in Christ, they are now the temple of God and the temple of the Spirit of God dwells in them. If any man or if any woman is in Christ, they are the temple of the Lamb of God. If any man or any woman is in Christ, they are in the body of the temple of the Holy Spirit that it came from God. Come on. If any man or any woman is in Christ, they are not their own and have been bought with a price. Therefore, if any man or if any man or any woman huh, is in Christ, glorify God in your body and in your spirit. Why? Because if any man or any woman is in Christ, huh, has been bought with a price and you're not your own. You need to glorify God in your body and in your spirit and in your mind because your mind and your spirit and your body and your heart, where God resides in the 18 inches of your heart and your mind belongs to God. Come on. Do you not know that God is your eternal life? Do you not know that God is your eternal life and length of days in Deuteronomy chapter 30, verse 19 and 20. He says that choose eternal life because I am your life and your length of days. Do you not know? Being baptized, so shall we be baptized into him. In Matthew 19, 26 says, but Christ looked at his disciples and said to them, With men this is impossible, but with God all things are possible. Hey, glory. Then Peter answered and said to him, See, we have left all and followed you. Therefore, what shall we have? So Peter wanted to know what they were going to receive and what they were going to have if they left everything and followed him. So now he says in the scriptures, he says that they were it to you, Joker. If he remain until I come again, follow me. So now we see Peter asking the question again. So Christ said to his disciples, or surely I say to you, in the regeneration is what the next message or the next podcast is going to be about the regeneration of God's people. See, this is a group of people where God has them at, where God know that they speak the words of eternal life. Look what he says in the regeneration. Hey, glory. My brothers and sisters, you got to realize in the regeneration. You got to know that God is doing such a powerful thing in the regeneration. Hey, glory. My brothers and sisters, I want you to know that God is doing an awesome thing in the regeneration, he said. When the Son of Man, when the Son of Man sits on the throne of his glory, you 
who believe in eternal life and follow me. You who follow me and believe in the eternal glory. You who believe in the glory of the eternal spirit of the glory of God. You out there who are listening to this message, I'm letting you know you. Hey, glory. We'll also sit on the 12th throne, judging the 12 tribes of Israel and everyone who left house. See, he's telling us what we got to do, brothers and sisters, everyone who left father, everyone who left mama and them, everyone who left papa and them, everyone who left pastor and them, everyone who left bishop and them, everyone who left husband and them, everyone who left wife and them, everyone who left children and them, everyone who left their investment in their land, everyone who left everything that they have and shall receive for my name's sake a hundredfold come out we're gonna talk about the hundredfold the 10 the 30 and the 60 is the hundred and we're gonna realize how the hundred get to the hundred huh from out of the 1060 and the the, the 1030 and the 60 but he says you should receive a hundredfold when you come into the knowledge of the glory of the Spirit of God and you defile death and death has no power and you've been released yeah, from the enemy, the last enemy to be destroyed. When you've been released that you've been in bondage all your lifetime from the power of death, that Christ came, that Jesus came to release you through their bodies, hey, that we present as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable unto God. And my brothers and sisters, I want to close with this here. When you know that you're in the regeneration, because this generation that we're in, our youth, our young men, our young daughters and our young sons and young daughters and young children is going to start speaking the word of eternal life. If you don't want to speak and you don't want to walk in the authority of eternal life, that's fine with me and it's fine with God according to scriptures because when they walked off from Christ and he said nothing to them and he looked at the 12, he chose. See, God chose you to be a part of the ministry of reconciliation, to be a part of the ministry of the words of eternal life. Where will we go, Father? You have the words of eternal life. And they walked off and they said nothing to them no more. I'm going to close with this here in, Ecclesi in Ecclesiastes. Look what it says in Ecclesiastes 1.9. That which has been is what will be. So something has been is what will be. That which is done is what will be done. And there is nothing new under the sun. Come on. Ecclesiastes 3, 50, 3, uh, chapter 3, verse 11. God has made, excuse me, God has made everything beautiful in its time. Also, he has put eternity in our hearts. So you can't tell me you don't have the words of eternal life in you because God had placed it in your heart. In our minds, in our spirits, we have letting a man or letting a spiritual church leader, a pastor, a bishop, or a preacher to take away our mama and them, our daddy and them, momo and them, papa and them, take away what God has placed in our hearts. Let no one cheat you from out of your reward. Don't be deceived with evil communication corrupts good habits. Evil communication corrupts good manners. Your manners is to be where God call you to be. He has put eternity in your hearts. And no one can find out the work that God does from the beginning to the end. So why would you let someone speak to you the end before the beginning? So God says, in the beginning, I created you in my image out of a body that was from the celestial and the terrestrial, out of my Holy Spirit from out of the earth and from out of my son Christ from out of the heavenly. And I made a body into one body from out of the three bodies. Then I made a body of myself as God in my Spirit was, was in the image of the male and the female, and I put it in that body, and I rested. On the sixth day, seventh day, when I rested on the seventh day, my son Christ made a body from the dust of the earth, and he put my body, the body from the earth, and the other body that was from the heavens in the fullness of the God, Godhead as a body in the body that was made from the dust, and it became a living soul. 
And he said that I have put eternity in you when that's when he did it, when he took that body that he made on the sixth day and that was made without hands and he put it in the body that was from the earth. And now you have a body that is made without hand. And he says in verse 12, I know that nothing is better for them to rejoice and do good in their lives. So my brother and sister start doing good by speaking the words of eternal life. Get into a place where God called you to be so that you can receive what God wants you to have. My brothers, and he says in verse 13, and also that every man and every woman should eat and drink and enjoy the good of all his labor. In the book of John chapter 6, it says in John 6, 29, he says, labor not for the food that leads into death labor not for the food that leads into condemnation but labor for the food that leads into eternal life so the works of God is eternal life in John 6 49 he says that the works that you labor for is good when you labor for the works of eternal the eternal glory and the eternal life of his son Christ verse 14 because it is the gift of God. And the gift of God is that he has given us eternal life. Come on. I know that whatever God does, look what Ecclesiastes 3.14. It shall be forever. If the promises of God is yes and amen in Christ, and if the spirit of Christ and the spirit of Jesus and the spirit of God in the fullness of the Godhead is in you, it shall be forever. Nothing can be added to it and nothing can be taken from it. God does it that men and God does it that women should fear before him. See, we fear God because God got the power to raise my body from the dead. God has the power to sustain me until he come back for his church. What is it to you if I remain until I come back for his church? What is it to you if you remain until he come back? And verse 15 is where I'm trying to get to and we're going to close. My brothers and sisters, I hope you pray that this message manifests his glory inside of you. I'm up here praising God, worshiping God in spirit and in truth. In Ecclesiastes chapter 3, verse 15, it says, That which is the body that is made without hand has already been the body that we was baptized into. Huh? And what is to be? has already been. So the body that was made without hands because you are not in the flesh but in the spirit of God and the spirit of Christ and the spirit of the Lamb of God as Jesus, the Holy Spirit, he says that that which has been is already, which shall already be and it has already been because God requires it to come to pass. Hey, glory. That's how you know you have eternal life. God requires that whatever we have in our body, that which has been, has already been. And that which is, has already is because God requires for it to come to pass. That which is has already been. And what is to be has already been because God requires for it to come to pass. What is it to you? If I remain until he come, ah, glory for his church, my brothers and sisters. We're going to continue in the next podcast, episode three, episode series four, excuse me. What, did it to do? what is it to you in the regeneration? This is Pastor D. Washington, glory, coming to you live from out of Atlanta, Georgia. My brothers and sisters, Pastor D. Watch come to you live. You can reach us on, reach us at 678-764-1614. Or you can reach us at P-A-S-T-O-R-D-W at yahoo.com. Send us a message, email us. Let us know how we're doing. We thank you for all the feedback, sharing the messages. Continue to follow us and lead and let the Spirit of God lead you. This message is changing the lives. That which is has already been and what is to be has already been. Hey, glory, thank you. And God requires for yet to come to pass. 
We got a book online on Amazon and books of Barnes and Noble, uh, books a million. And you go out there, my brothers and sisters. We on the different types of podcasts out there: Spotify, Podbean, you uh, LinkedIn, Facebook, Instagram. You get it. We are out there, brother. Listen to these messages and and, and, and take me from out of it because I can tie up some words. But I want you to know that God is moving. Be a part of ministry that is moving. Remove the barriers that God, so that God can receive, so you can receive what God promised. This is Pastor D. Washington coming to you live from out of Atlanta, Georgia. May God bless you and your family forever.